Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Kate's Corner. I'm your host, Kate Cannon, and today I am joined by recent debut author, Ava Wilder. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited that you were able to come on the podcast today. I loved your book and I actually, one of my best friends just read it as well and she adored it. And so we've both been kind of fangirling over it. And so I have a lot of fun questions to ask you today, but also I just wanted to tell you upfront what a great author I think you are. Your book was so interesting all around. I really enjoyed the characters and their growth throughout the story. And so I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you. That's really nice to hear. So I wanted to start off with asking you what it was like the first time someone recognized you as being the author of How to Fake It in Hollywood. How did you feel upon seeing that? Um, You mean like in real life? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it has happened yet. I, uh, I think maybe, you know, it was very, because um, I did have an in-person book launch um, at a local bookstore. And I guess that was sort of the first, maybe the first and only time I was sort of like out in public as Ava Wilder author. Um, and it was just amazing to see like, you know, pe some people had traveled to come see uh, the event. Um, and that was really nice because I think sort of like my whole author experience has kind of been post COVID where it's sort of like, it's just been sort of me in my house and all of this stuff has been happening, but it like doesn't really feel real in a way. So I think that was kind of the first um, like, oh, there are like real people reading this book and are like interested in it and interested in what I have to say about it. Um, and that was really exciting and really nice. That's really cool, especially the fact that it was an event centered around your book. I imagine that just must be so exciting. You're there and you're seeing all these people who came to meet you because you wrote something that they connected with. I think that's that's really awesome. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was nervous. I, I had a feeling it wouldn't be like nobody was there because I, I knew I would have like family and friends there. But like the fact that, you know, readers who like didn't already know me were there was um, it was really special. Yeah, that's that's really cool. <laughs> The next thing I wanted to ask you was when in your life did you decide that you wanted to become an author? And then how did you make that dream come to fruition with publishing and with, you know, promoting your book? Um, so it's really been kind of like a roundabout journey where um, when I was growing up, I was always reading. I was always writing my like weird little stories, but never in really like um a disciplined or kind of like focused way. It was just sort of like the only thing I was ever really good at. Um, but when I was in high school, I was kind of like, it's just not like I sort of talked myself out of it. I've always been like very pragmatic, like kind of to a fault where I was like, this is just not, you know, the chances of like succeeding as a writer are so small that I just need to like, you know, kind of not even think of it as something that's like an option for me. So I basically didn't write at all for like 10 years. I didn't study it in college, although I did take like a couple of random writing classes here and there. Um, and then um, and then I was kind of like, I guess this is just something that I'm never <laughs> going to do again. Um, and even when I was uh, thinking I might, I was more into kind of like screenwriting. Like I thought maybe I wanted to get into like film or TV, which is in some ways even harder to break into than writing books, um, which is not easy either. But um, so then uh, when the pandemic started, I got really obsessed with reading romance and I was just like, 
you know, gobbling them up, reading like multiple per week. And after I had read maybe like 60 or 70, I was like, I wonder if I could write one of these. And I kind of just like woke up one day, like started brainstorming, started planning, um, wrote it very quickly. And then when I was kind of halfway through writing it, I was like, this feels like this is something. First of all, it feels like I'm going to finish it, which is the biggest thing. Um, and then I was kind of like, like, I knew nothing about publishing. So I just kind of started researching. I knew I didn't want to self-publish it because I knew that that's a lot of work and you have to have kind of like a faith in yourself to be like, this is my thing. And I'm, you know, I really want you to buy it that I didn't really have. Um, so I was like, you know, maybe just see what it takes to traditionally publish, kind of look up the steps. So I was, as I was finishing it, I was kind of building my list of agents that I wanted to contact. Um, and then when I finished it, I started sending it out to agents, got interest pretty quickly. Um, and I signed with my agents, we did a round of revision, put it out on submission, and then it sold pretty quickly also. So it was all like, once I decided that it was something that I actually wanted to do, it all happened pretty quickly. That's very exciting. I mean, I can't imagine just like you have this thing you've always wanted to do. You took a break from it. You come back to it. And now it's out in the world. I mean, I think that's really amazing. And also, I feel you on the romance books during the pandemic. I also was sucked into that hole. And I cannot tell you how many I've read. And since then, I can't stop. I am obsessed with romance books. I love them so much. Yeah, I think a lot of people like during that period found them because it's like, everything sucks outside. I need like a happy ending. I need something that's just going to completely absorb me um, and, you know, dissociate a little bit. I agree 100%. I've always really loved reading, but, you know, I've read romances here and there before the pandemic started, but it wasn't like my most heavily read genre. And then during the pandemic, I agree with you, you know, everything was kind of so dark outside and you didn't know what was going on. And so the idea of a happily ever after and people finding love was just something that I think a lot of people connected with and found some peace in. So that's absolutely very true. And I, I love that you were able to put out this book now coming out of that time. And, you know, people are still so into the world of romance. And so your book has seen success because of that. Um, and then also, I guess, Regarding a dark time, um, what inspired you to include a detailed account of alcoholism through Ethan's character? So it was a few things. Um, number one, it's like thinking about sort of the fake relationship premise where like one of the people in it is like extremely famous already. It's kind of like what would have needed to happen in their life that this would be like necessary. And there's only, there's sort of like a limited amount of things where it's like you don't want them to be like you don't want them to have done something that's like really bad. Right. Like, you know, and I think like, you know, unfortunately addiction and is very, very common both in famous people and non-famous people, but like, especially like, you know, celebrities you see struggle with it a lot just because of like the pressures of that situation. Um, and also like thinking about something like a star is born, which is like, um, kind of like not really an inspiration, but it is kind of sort of like a different take on it and thinking about how that has been like you know that's a story that's been around for like a hundred years basically and it's like one of the big sort of addiction narratives in our culture and it's a it's a tragic ending and it's not it's not like a hopeful take on addiction and and recovery and it's kind of almost like a regressive um look at sort of how addiction and you know it's it's, it's complicated because it's like you know obviously that is the reality for some people but it's not 
it, it's you know and like I think also thinking about just like the way addiction is portrayed in pop culture in general like if you are watching something where like a character is sober in recovery at the start like they are going to relapse during this like piece during this like book or movie or tv show which is like again relapse is part of recovery for a lot of people but it, it all adds up to this message of kind of like it's almost it feels almost hopeless um so I was thinking about all of that and also my partner has and he's okay with me talking about this but he um has been sober he's actually 10 years sober this weekend so, so yeah and he like um now he's sort of like a recovery advocate and and works with people with addiction so he was someone who really like he read everything as I was writing it and we talked a lot about how to portray both like the mindset of someone who's in an active addiction and kind of like the the justification and sort of the denial and then also talking about how to portray his recovery in a way that feels like responsible and not like she's healing him or or any of that stuff so that was kind of all the all of the factors that went into um that decision I really enjoyed reading about it personally just because you know as someone who's 18 I haven't interacted with a lot of people who have struggled with alcoholism just because most adults I know probably don't openly talk about it with you know, their kids. And then my friends haven't really struggled with that. But when reading it, I learned a lot, I feel like about addiction and about alcoholism. And it allowed me to see it from a different perspective and how hard it can be. Like, even if you're trying to break out of that cycle, and even if you have all these people supporting you, there are so many factors against you. And I thought that the way you wrote about it was really beautiful. And the ending was just phenomenal. So I really liked that um, element of your story a lot. Thank you. And I also I think like also when you're like a very famous person, it's even harder because it's like everyone around you is kind of like enabling you even more because there's that sort of that other aspect to it where it's like, you know, people sort of are telling you what you want to hear generally. Um, so I think that's why it like takes him a little bit longer to get help than it maybe uh, would for someone in a different situation. Right, which I really enjoyed that. And, you know, his conversations with his ex and about his children and all of those parts like he's it's not like he's only responsible for himself he has these other people in his life who matter he has gray and so I felt like all of that was so interesting because even though they were all you know in it with him trying to support him give him the resources he needed he still had so many battles within himself that he had to fight in order to get through it so absolutely that was a very interesting element of your book but also I think a really important one Thank you. <clears throat> I wasn't really sure how people were going to respond to him because he is like, you know, selfish and messy. Like he's not really like an ideal, like romantic partner for most of the book. Um, and I wasn't really sure how that was going to go over. And it hasn't gone over well for some people, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, every, not every book is for every reader, but um, yeah, I was sort of curious what, if that was going to be like, if people were going to like that or not. I liked it a lot. And I get what you're saying about how he's not the ideal partner throughout most of the book, which is definitely true. But, you know, I think he progresses a lot throughout the book. And by the end, I feel like even though, you know, that you have the scenes where he's very difficult to be around, he is not really good for Gray. I feel like you're still rooting for him by the end of the book. You want them to be together. You want him to have his opportunity to get better and you know, live the life that he deserves. So or at least that was my perception of it was I really wanted to, him to have a happy ending. Good. That was the goal. 
Yeah, I I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed Bray. I loved them as a couple. I thought, you know, they were really cool. And I also liked when he ended up watching her show when she wasn't around. I thought that was really cute um, that that happened. Um, regarding your writing process, you said you wrote it pretty fast. Did you kind of write it like in big chunks all at once? Or would you write like a section here, go a few days and then write a section here? So I really don't know how I did it, like especially considering how long it's taken to write the second one. But I was just like, I sort of had like a rough outline. Um, and something that I realized as I was kind of planning it out is that like fake dating almost has like plot beats written into it so you can never really it's hard to get lost or like stuck because it's like it has to progress in this certain way so it's kind of like you always know what's going to come next and actually there were things that as I was writing it I was like no actually uh like the whole second half of the book kind of unfolded differently than I thought it was going to like I I hadn't planned on them going to Palm Springs um but I was like this is going to be really boring. <laughs> They're just like hanging out at his house for like the whole book. Like they got to go on a vacation. And then that's sort of like every kind of like the domino effect of what happened on that trip was like nothing. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So it was sort of partially and I, I was pretty much just like writing probably like 10,000 words a week, just like consistently. I drafted it in about two and a half months um, and then it didn't end up needing like a lot of revision, which again, like I didn't appreciate how like rare that is. Um, but yeah, it all, it, it was pretty simple. Although also maybe it's like, you know, thinking back on it, it feels easier than it was. It was like, you know, your brain kind of rewrites it to be like, yeah, that was nothing. But at the time, um, but yeah, I never really, I didn't have any like big sort of writer's block moments or anything. That's really interesting to hear. I wondered because I, you know, you read a lot about authors who have writer's block or who, you know, go through periods where they've got so much down and then they're not sure how to end the story. So I love that you were able to put it together. And even though it's not necessarily what you expected, it would be like you still came up with all the interesting details and you followed up and created a story from something you weren't even prepared to have in there. That's really neat. And then yeah. also you mentioned you're working on your second book, which I was going to ask you about. What can readers expect from you from that? And then when are you hoping for it to be out? Because obviously you've just put out this debut book. So when are you hoping for this one? So I haven't gotten any like news about the release date. I'm assuming it's going to be next summer, probably around the same time as this one came out. Um, but it might be, you know, a month or two earlier or later. Um, but yeah, I just turned in my second round of revisions with my editor on my second book, which hopefully is like the last sort of big revision round. Um, but it's another celebrity romance. It's set in the same universe, but it's new main characters. But there are some like supporting characters that pop up. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how much I can like say. No, that's about, okay. That's okay. Yeah. But uh, the the main tropes are it's it's second chance and enemies to lovers. It's hostile exes. Perfect. That's, that's, yeah. that's mostly what I wanted you to be able to yeah. share, like the tropes that were in it. And I love that it's a celebrity romance. I literally, that was one of the reasons I fell in love with How to Fake It in Hollywood was this celebrity romance trope. It was so fun to read and like seeing Hollywood from the perspective that you wrote it was just so exciting. And so I'm really happy to hear that your next book is going to be a celebrity romance also and Enemies to Lovers and Second Chance because those are two of my all-time favorites. So all around, 
it's going to be perfect. I just know Thank it. You. I'm really excited for it. I feel like it was a lot of work to get it to this place, but I'm super excited for people to read it. Although that probably won't be for a while, but. Well, I'm sure people will be looking forward to it. To close out, I just want to ask you some general questions about the world of reading. First of all, what is your favorite book that you've read recently? And then if you have a favorite book of all time, what is that? Um, man. All right. Of course, now it's like I've never read a book in my entire life. Me every time someone asks me this question. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me pull up my Goodreads because I have been good about rating rating books that I've been reading. Um. Also, like I've barely been reading while I've been drafting. So, um. Oh, okay. So my favorite book I read recently, I finally read The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Um, I listened to the audiobook. They did a great job. Um, so that's my favorite book I read recently. My favorite book of all time um, is actually, I guess I got to say, it's not a romance, so I feel bad about saying it, but it's probably The Secret History uh, by Donna Tartt. I love, you know, I'm secretly a, a dark academia bitch. Um, but yeah, I love her writing and... Um, I love, um, I like spend a lot of time. It's set kind of in like Western Massachusetts or maybe it's in Vermont, but it's in the Berkshires, which is like an area that I spent a lot of time in as a teenager. So I also like, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia, although I never, I never murdered any of my friends in the woods. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> now I really want to check that out because it sounds really good. And I love dark academia. So uh, I that's like the, that. that's like the original, uh, you know, it's everyone else is an imitator. Maybe oh, I don't want to, maybe I don't want to say that so definitively, but it's, it's definitely one of the, the early kind of big ones. I am adding it to my TBR right now. And also the book you mentioned before, The Worst Best Man, I have that on my list to read. So now I need to read that now <laughs> instead of later. My TBR is literally always growing. I'm like, oh, I'll have time to get to this book. And then I add 10 more and I'm like, I don't know which one to read next. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. I have the same problem. I like now that I turned in my book, I'm like, okay, now I can get to my TBR. And now like people have been asking me to blurb books, which is like amazing. But I'm like, okay, so these need to be the first ones. But it's like all of these other books have come out that I like had arcs for. And it's like, I'm never gonna catch up on any of this now that I'm reading like these, you know, not like pre arc books. It's that's so cool that you're getting to blurb books. That's so exciting for you. I can imagine, you know, you've just put out your debut and now you're getting to blurb. That's cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm like, it's a good problem to have for sure. Absolutely. And also, I, I actually read your book as an ARC um, from NetGalley and I love the opportunity to read ARCs. So hopefully that'll happen with your next book. We'll see. But absolutely. My next question I wanted to ask you was, which author do you look up to most within the romance genre? Um, I mean, I, th let's look up to, it's interesting, you know, I'm like, I'm, I love Talia Hibbert and I, uh, like, I love her writing and I love that the, like her career trajectory has been very inspiring where she like started out as self-pub and then kind of like pivoted that into traditional publishing. Um, and now is like just this huge, like romance superstar and is kind of like and I think she still does do kind of like hybrid I believe she still does some self-publishing too um and is just like an incredible writer um yeah I love her 
that's really cool. That's a great answer. And then my final question isn't really a book question. It's just a fun question. What do you like to do when you're not writing? What is your favorite activity? Um, it's so hard to think of a time when I have not been like, I'm not writing all the time. Um, honestly, I really love playing the Sims. <laughs> I've been like, I've been like a Sims, uh, ever since, you know, since like Sims one. And I think it is sort of like linked to writing in some ways where it's like, it's just these like little made up people and you just like ruin their lives and like cause all this drama. Um, so that's like a big sort of unwinding activity for me as I like to play, <laughs> like to play the Sims. That's fair. And I do agree with you. I mean, you're writing out their lives. You're choosing what they get to do, which is, you know, again, your creative genius like you use in books. So I agree. That's fair. I like that answer. That's that's my favorite answer so far. I like that one. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast episode. I'm really grateful I had the opportunity to interview. You've been so much fun to talk to, and I look forward to reading your next book so much. Thank you. This has been great.